Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Soul Deep In. My name is Elizabeth Anna, and I am your host. Today's episode is going to probably be a little bit shorter than usual, but it's about things our dads taught us. And I'll more than likely be talking a little bit more about the things my dad taught us. Uh, I've been kind of grieving him, something that I had not allowed myself to do. He's, this is my ninth Father's Day without my father, and um, it's the, I think, the first one where I had actually felt his absence or what that meant to me. And so it's been interesting navigating those emotions. I grew up with a lot of family members uh, passing away, so death was something that I knew from a very young age that it was just a part of life. And so my dad's death always felt like uh, I had him for so long because he was a lot older um, when he had me. He was 56 when he became my father. And I always thought I wouldn't have him for as long as I did. It was a part of me that honestly felt guilt allowing myself to feel sad. And so I've kept his memory alive in so many ways. More than anything, I think, uh, by the ways that he lived and the things he taught me. And one thing that I feel I have learned through grieving him, through keeping his memory alive, is that as parents, we need to remind ourselves it's what we're teaching our children, the things that the seeds we're planting. We may not get to see them flourish. And I am constantly reminding myself of that when I realize that something my dad tried to teach me when I was young and either at the time it just wasn't important for me or it didn't, it didn't impact me in the manner that it, did, it does now. So sometimes I'll read something and be like, oh, this is literally what my father was teaching me. And it's... A lot of things have come full circle, but he's not around to see it. And so when I get frustrated with the kids or when I'm trying to tell them something, I think it helps for me to remind myself that, you know what? They may not get it now. They may not care about it now. But one day, one day, maybe when I'm not here, it'll hit them. And hopefully, you know, the things that I have taught them have an impact on them the way that my dad's teachings had on me. So I'm just kind of going to probably not cover everything my dad taught me because uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And some things I feel like I haven't even realized yet or hasn't hit me, right? So I want to really touch on the things that he taught me that in reality I've already experienced and that I've seen come to fruition from his teachings. So one of the big ones I would say is he was very, very uh, passionate about how our thoughts, our minds were at our control. He would tell me, you control your mind, but if you don't find a way to believe that and implement that, then your mind will control you. And how that plays a part in your life will determine how you feel, how, you know, the, the choices you make. And I mean, I think to a certain extent, we all know that to be true. But I think when we're younger, we don't realize 
just how much of an impact our thoughts and um, the way that we talk to ourselves has on our life, on our choices, on our emotions, like how we feel, how we show up, everything. It really does play like a major role in so many things. And so he really had mastered that. He had mastered the ability, ability to be the one to master his mind. He had tremendous willpower. And I remember he would tell me, you have the same willpower I do. It's just a matter of you utilizing it. Like you have to be able to take control. And I've proven that already. That, that part, I know. There's just times where I don't. I don't utilize it in the way that I know I can. But seeing that I am now, you know, in a career that teaches others to basically take control of their mind and, and to really be able to program your mind with things that are true, with things that are not against, you know, your who you are as a person, that the, the, the words, the language that hurts us, the ones that maybe we heard from somebody who was also hurt from a young age, or the voice that we created because of our own insecurities. Those things are the things that we need to learn to overcome and remind ourselves that we are in control of that. And so it's beautiful to see it come full circle because while I, it's not that I didn't believe that what he was telling me was true, is that I didn't think it was as easy as he made it sound. And not saying it is easy, I just say that the longer you go programming your mind with things that work against you, then the, long, the, harder, the harder it can be to reprogram it, to think otherwise, because our mind gets really comfortable. And so he had truly mastered that, and he was a living example of the fact that you have that control and that there's not a lot of things you can control. So he would always tell me, this is one you can. The other thing that really came full circle for me was, um, I would say like in 2018, 2019, I, well, I guess I could, I, my dad, when I was growing up, he would constantly tell me, like I, I had a lot of headaches. I suffered from really bad migraines and headaches and my go-to was just pop a pill, make the headache go away. And I remember him telling me, like, that's not the answer. Sure, it makes you feel better, but what, you're, what you need to do is figure out what's causing that headache. Why do you have a headache? And I was like, I don't know, because I'm a girl. <laughs> and, and us girls have headaches. I grew up with a mom that had a headache. My grandma had headaches. So to me, it was just a part of life. It was just like, hey, you are a guy. You don't have headaches. Just always associated it like that. That's how my mind understood it. This is just my life. But he would tell me, there's something that you're doing. There's something that you're eating that is more than likely causing your headaches. So he would be like, when your head hurts, when your stomach hurts, you don't feel well. Start writing down everything you're eating. Then go eliminating it for a few days and then reintroduce it back and see how you feel. And I'd be like, that is so much work. And what if it's chocolate? What if chocolate is causing my headaches? I'm not giving up chocolate. So literally it was like, I'd rather pop a pill. And it's funny because I, oh, there's times when I like will have similar conversations with my kids and 
that is the words. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. But in 2018, I was struggling to lose weight. I was doing everything. I was working out for hours. I was doing programs every single day. I was doing um, calorie restrictions and nothing would work. I literally had people tell me, man, for as much as you work out and like you really should have lost weight, which hurt. It really hurt. But I mean, they weren't wrong. Nothing was happening. And so I came across this, uh, it was called 131 at the time by Shaleen Johnson. It was a study of one, a study of your body. I think it's called Phase, phase Up. I don't know. She changed the name of it. But it was truly life-changing for me, even though it was literally the same thing my dad would tell me to do before. It's like your body, right, communicates to you. And so sometimes... You know, especially, you know, as we get older, our bodies don't function the same. You can't just cut calories and work out. And sometimes even the kind of workout that you do. Yeah, move, moving is important, but our bodies are all different. So I learned that I sometimes require a high intensity type of workout, not a long drained out um, workout. So it was it was interesting to start reading this program and to start learning from it and just realizing how this was what my dad had already taught me. So it was like that seed he planted took that long for it to like, you know, for me to have a need to feel as if this is like now, now is the time for me to implement what he taught me, even though I had to read it from somebody else, I had to pay for the program. I was like, I had the best teacher and here I am, you know, basically having to pay for something that I had for free. But that is how life works sometimes. That's I like that is how we tend to allow things to come full circle. And so I'm learning not to take things personal when I tell my kids, hey, you should read this book. And I don't know, years later, their barber tells them, hey, you should read this book. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I think I'm going to read this book. And I'm like, really? Or I say, hey, sugar's not the best for you. And then they hear Huberman saying it. And they're like, hey, well, sugar's not the best for you. And it's like, oh, okay. But that's that's it. That's being a parent. It's just guiding them. It's giving them advice. And then hoping that somebody in their path reminds them of what you already told them. And it's not about getting the credit. It really isn't. It's about really hoping that they learn, that they make the mistakes, but that they learn from them. And that was definitely something else my father taught me. He he learned a lot from his mistake. Like he, he, he knew that getting older didn't necessarily mean you got wiser, but he knew that the way to get wiser is to take risks, not be afraid, you know, to fail. And that when you make a mistake, when you mess up on something, that you own it and that you learn from it. And that's why I believe I had the best of my father because at 56, not to say he wasn't making mistakes, he still made mistakes, but uh, he had learned a lot from his previous mistakes. And so it was a little bit of a, a cheat code, I guess you can say, to have a father that was as wise as maybe, you know, a lot of people get to have a grandfather that is very wise. And I was grateful to 
to have had him and to be able to have learned so much from him. He was very passionate and you can't teach passion, but it's definitely um, something that I think was admirable and I loved because he worked, everything he did, he did with his heart. And so it taught me something that if I didn't like something, right, then I'm not obligated to do it because when he felt like there was something he didn't want to do, he didn't do it. And when there was something he loved to do, he went all in. And, and I think that when you work and you, anything that you do in your life, when you're doing it full, like wholeheartedly, it's everything is just a little bit different. And yes, we should probably do everything like that, but sometimes it's not genuine. It's not. Um, and I feel like for him, it was, he found his passion. And even though right now I'm running the restaurant per se, <laughs> I took the reins, it's not my passion. And so there is no way in heck I can compare how I run it to how he ran it. We're so different. And I, even though I love to cook, I, it's, I like to cook at home and I don't really necessarily like to cook in a commercial kitchen. It's very different, but we also had similar passions. We loved, uh, we absolutely loved talking to people and helping people through challenges and giving advice and seeing the best in people. That's something that he did that I know I absolutely got from him. And he did that wherever he was, which I also admired. And I think I've done that through different uh, stages of my life and seasons, wherever I'm at, I am that person. So another thing that he taught me that actually, I would say last year or a few years ago, maybe I, I probably realized it was to truly value and see the strength in my femininity. I feel like I've battled a lot or rejected my femininity a lot. And I think a lot of it came from a long line, ancestral line of uh, boys being valued over girls and having certain emotions projected from my mom's side of the family, which obviously wasn't intentional. It was just something that they hadn't healed and they passed along, but definitely there was a preference for boys over girls. And somehow I feel that, I realized that, and I struggled with it tremendously. Uh, I think uh, he would tell me, he would tell me all the time how the parts of me, the feminine parts of me that I wouldn't embrace was literally where my strength lied. Like, you have strength in that. And I'm learning that. I'm still learning it. I'm in the process of learning it, but I've uh, embraced it more because for years I was the head of the household. I took care of my son. I was a single mother. There was a lot of things that I took on that required masculine energy. And I didn't know how not embracing the feminine parts of me were also rejecting it for so long that I'm learning. I am still learning to truly connect to that side of me that my dad absolutely taught me had power 
they had strength they has it and I think it's beautiful that I am learning it because I realize that there are a lot of people that never learn it and um, that's why I say that it's never too late as long as you're still alive and you're still breathing if you can learn something that maybe you didn't realize before I think it's a beautiful thing it doesn't matter how old you are obviously the earlier we learn things the better because it is a trial and error sometimes and it's fun it's fun to explore it's fun to figure things out about yourself that were there all along and that you didn't know how to embrace and love my dad taught me about integrity honesty how it's not about how we are perceived because I know that that's a big thing like I remember I had a boss that used to always tell me uh, perception is reality and it's not wrong it is but sometimes I think we care so much about how we're being perceived that we forget who we are and so my dad didn't like he didn't focus on that he was himself and sometimes people perceived him as a guy who talked too much a guy who didn't know enough because he didn't you know he didn't go to school he definitely I remember there was times when like we were out he was 33 years older than my mom and somebody would be like oh is it tu abuelito which that means like oh is that your grandfather they'd say that to my mom and my dad would come back with this like a really smart remark and it never shook him like it didn't bother him at least if it did he didn't show it I don't think it did. I think he had a lot of confidence. And he always liked to dress well. He liked to present himself well. But in the same manner, he would go to the restaurant and get down and dirty and do what he needed to do. And he was just, he was, he was a hard, hard worker. He came from poverty. And he, I remember him always saying how like being poor was beautiful. It was, uh, it taught him so much and he appreciated it. And he even said that sometimes being poor was better because you knew who was real, who was really there because they loved you, not because of what you had. He taught me how to be humble. Uh, I remember growing up, we went to private school and I always thought that was definitely a, a you know, an advantage or uh, what is that word? A... Like, I, I was lucky. I was lucky that I was able to get a private education, even though I swear that uh, one's not really better than the other. I do believe in the public school system sometimes. But I ended up going to public school system uh, for high school. But I remember going to private school and wanting, like, a brand of pants that everybody was wearing. I think they were Z Cabarichis. And my dad's saying, you don't need those. And back then, I was like so mad so frustrated because I was like everybody has them I remember by the time he got them for me they weren't even in style anymore but it taught me something it taught me that just because everybody has something doesn't necessarily mean you need it or that you know it that's going to define you sure back then I did not see that I didn't understand it and it probably took a long time but now I feel like I've embraced that mentality uh, you know for quite some years now I you know, have been driving the same car that I bought in cash. And even though I almost bought a Tesla a few years ago, I ended up with a restaurant instead. I like, I, I know that there's people that would tell me like, 
why aren't you driving like why don't you get yourself a new car my it's not that my car is old i think i have a nice car but sometimes the air doesn't work and like silly things like that my husband tells me constantly too like i think it's time for a new car and i'm like but why my car works perfectly fine and i i feel like that's something he taught me because it's like there's a mentality that just because you have a certain i don't know whatever anything like you have to like there's you have to show that you have a uh, more and i'm fine with the car i have and i remember he would drive a clunker he would he got us all brand new cars but he would drive like beat up station wagon it was bad <laughs> if everybody anybody ever rode in his car you knew it was bad and we would tell him dad like get a car and he'd be like no i don't need another car and i i love that now thinking back i'm like it's he wanted to give us the best he didn't care about what he had or what he didn't have he truly just um you know it was about giving he i think for never having gone to school he reached success he was able to pay off three houses he left before he died he left my parents house paid off it was it had been paid off for years no debt uh and but it was never about obtaining more it was about giving more and whoever he can help could help he did and so he taught me that he taught me that life isn't about accumulating it isn't about having more it's truly about helping others but he also taught me that um we should absolutely also do things to make ourselves happy you know travel the world to actually my younger sister submitted this she said uh he told me that i should see the world and also when visiting other countries to try their authentic food not to go to tourist places and to go to like the little towns and eat homemade food that they sell so uh i don't remember him telling me that but i do remember him talking about his experiences traveling the world and that is something that i do whenever i go anywhere even to different states not always countries but um is try to their local places and i love that she shared that because it was a nice reminder that you know to 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 do that you know because that's how you get a true sense of where you're at i do remember him telling me wherever you go wherever you travel anywhere the first thing you need to do is learn their laws because there's different laws everywhere you go I don't remember what happened recently but there was something on the news or I was having a conversation with somebody and I was just like ah you know something somebody did something where they broke the laws somewhere and I was like the first thing my dad taught me was when you go somewhere is you learn the laws because it's like it's like if you're visiting somebody's house let's say they don't like shoes in the house it ain't your house and if that's their rules then you should respect it or not go over right same thing with when you're visiting of another place and because he got he was able to travel a lot uh he he made sure to tell us that and i love that because i hope to travel more in the coming years uh my sister also said he taught me that no matter the obstacles that we faced god would always be there to get us through uh you have to have faith and that is something he had unshakable faith I love that his faith wasn't a cookie cutter faith. It really genuinely wasn't. He had uh 
I don't want to say true faith because I'm not trying to say that anybody else's faith isn't real, but his faith was just so deep, so ironically, so deep (laughs) that, uh, it, it, it was inspirational and it truly gave me the foundation for my own faith. And even though I've navigated through religions and trying to do things like black and white, my dad, his faith was like, you could not put it in a box. It, it was so expansive. It was beautiful. And I remember him saying that growing up, there was days where they didn't have food and they would like sit there and be like, how are we going to eat? And his mom would tell them, him and all his siblings, he'd be like, she'd be like, don't worry. Before the dance, God will deliver. And he says, it never failed. Sure enough, before the day would end, neighbors would come with food and they'd always have something to eat. Even if it was a little bit, they would not go to bed hungry. And that that is what, you know, gave him that foundation to say, God is real. God exists. And sometimes just being able to focus on things and being able to say, you know what, like everything's going to be fine. It opens up that, you know, that for us to see that everything will be fine. And I know it doesn't always work out that way. So that's a beautiful example of faith. And while I know that for everybody, you know, that, that can be different. I always say that like, just because you know, some things work out for you doesn't mean that it works out for everybody the same. You could have a lot of faith and bad things can happen. Like my grandmother who had tremendous faith, she um, lost most of her children. She lived a long life, but had to see most of her children die. That is hard. That is extremely difficult. Um, But she never blamed God. She stayed faithful through it all. So sometimes having faith doesn't necessarily mean that everything works out, that everything is works out great. And my dad did tell me that. He taught me that, that it's about remaining faithful through the hardships and that no matter what, you will get through it. So I'm grateful that he was able to give me that foundation. My older sister also said about like, don't hit your children, <laughs> that he taught us that. Uh, growing up, he had a father who was um, extremely abusive physically. And I remember he would tell us all these stories about how hard it was. Um, but that every time his dad would hit him, he would say to himself, I will never hit my children. And the reality is he never did. So sometimes we learn things from our parents, not from the good examples they gave us, but sometimes from their mistakes, from the things that they were unable to overcome. You know, my dad was very honest about his relationship with his father. He never tried to pretend like his dad was great, perfect, or that everything was wonderful. But he never really spoke ill of him either. Like he, he was just honest. And obviously if, you know, some somebody was beating on your father then obviously you don't you don't put him in the most positive light but he always found a way to when he would talk about his father make sure that he also like saw his his heart and so even though i never got to meet my grandfather uh, through my father i learned to love the fact that he was a man who didn't who probably had a lot of 
you know, hardship growing up and unfortunately was not able to overcome it. And he hurt, you know, he hurt my father in different ways, but my father broke that cycle. And I think that in itself makes it a beautiful story that sometimes you're dealt difficulties, but it's up to you to choose to stay in that, right? Like my dad always said, like, you don't, you don't stay as a victim. You rise above it. And he did. He proved he, that, like, you don't have to constantly feel bad for yourself. Things happen and it sucks, but you can you can rise from it. So there's so many other things I could definitely share about my father, but I am going to share uh, two more things or a few more things, um, a few from listeners uh, and one from our oldest son. Our oldest son, Jeremy, said, my dad taught me that when we are faced with a problem, Sometimes it's best to stop, lay down in your bed, and look at the ceiling and think before you make a decision. That allowing yourself to stop for a moment and collect your thoughts brings about better decisions and understanding. He taught me that no matter how many times you might fall or fail, the solution is within your grasp. Don't give up so easily and keep going. He is an effective leader. He, he taught me how to understand people. And he, from dressing well, to smelling good and approaching all situations with kindness, but knowing that business is business and how to bring the hammer down when you have to. And probably the most important is how to love unconditionally. He has the biggest heart and wants the best for everyone, but he's no pushover, whether it's loving me and my brothers or you or any of the family. In all those things, and this may sound corny, I want to be just like him when I grow up and be as successful and enjoy life to the fullest. I hope to be half the man my father is and to learn as much as possible from him for as long as I can. Thank you for sharing that, Jeremy. And so I have a few that submitted through like the anonymous link that I had set up. Let's see, growing up, my dad instilled in me the importance of honesty. He would often say, always tell the truth, no matter how difficult it may be. His words became my moral compass, guiding me to make ethical choices throughout my life. My father was always there to remind me about the significance of family. He taught me that family is a source of love, support, and strength. To cherish your loved ones, he would say, and make time for them, no matter how busy life gets. From a young age, my dad emphasized the importance of kindness and respect. He taught me to treat others with empathy and compassion, regardless of their background or circumstances. A little kindness always goes a long way. And I also had one more. And I didn't verify if I could share the source, so I'm not going to say it. But um, I had one more that shared that their dad taught them from a young age that uh, respect, to respect the uh, elders. And that, I mean, obviously, she referenced this when she was young, that when two people were speaking, two adults never to cross them. Um, I think it's funny because I realized... I still do that. If I'm about to cross two people that are talking, I say, excuse me, right? Or I try to go around them. Those are like, I think just like regular manners, but it's funny how like nowadays I feel like people don't really remember that or maybe they weren't taught that. And I'm trying to even think, have I even taught my kids that? Because there's a lot of things that I used to think that's not important. That's not important. That's not important. This is important. And we lost a lot of the things from the old ages like you know the listen to your elders right the respect your elders it's hard because
because I think a lot of times we think that because people are older that they are wiser but I've seen people grow old and didn't grasp anything they didn't learn a lot and so it's hard to say I'm going to listen to your advice if the advice you have to give me doesn't hold a lot of value but I do think that respecting your elders should never go away I think we have to respect everybody every single person alive there has to be some mutual respect and nowadays I feel like a lot of that has been lost and that is definitely something my dad taught me respect one another you know be kind love one another and always 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 you know like just do things with your heart with your soul and remember that you know we're only here for a short time so I hope you enjoyed this episode I absolutely you know I'm grateful for having a father that instilled so much in me and if you don't have your father or you didn't have a father present in your life I hope that you were able to have some male influences around you and if you didn't have it growing up it's never late it's never late to find somebody that you can look up to or become somebody that you can look up to just because we didn't have you know everything we wanted or everything we deserved when we were younger does not mean that we can't become those things and my father proved that actually oh I have one more my husband did share how growing up his dad his dad was not expressive emotionally he was very rough uh, especially with him he was more gentle with the girls and I think older generations sometimes sometimes really thought and believed that he they needed to be tough with the boys uh, because they were men and so my husband growing up always said that when he had kids he would make sure you know to be expressive with his love for them and he definitely broke that cycle and he has been so that's why I'm saying like sometimes we don't get you know the parents that give us through their examples because unfortunately they weren't able to break the cycles um, it doesn't mean that they were bad parents they did the best they could and I think sometimes finding it in our hearts to forgive and unlearn and realize that sometimes you know they just didn't have the same resources we did or the ability to overcome the the hardships that they experienced right their heart sometimes their hearts toughen up and it's hard for them to soften to you know to something else but we have the capabilities we have the abilities now and the resources to do better to say I'm not repeating the mistakes from the past I am going to overcome them. And I love that he shared that because it he did. He overcame it. The same way my father overcame, you know, not repeating the patterns of the pain that was caused to him. He also did the same thing. So ask yourself, you know, like I know that it's hard to, or I don't know personally because I did have a father, but I, I can, I know from other people that not having a present father, not having a father that is, how you'd want him to be or having a, re- a good healthy relationship with your father you know is it, it hurts it's difficult because that is a part of you but um it doesn't mean that you can't become 
the father that you wanted and that you deserved. So everything that you wanted and deserved, you are fully equipped to be able to do, to learn, to grow, and to heal the parts of yourself that may still have wounds. Thank you guys. Uh, Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Until next one. Bye-bye.